Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Oh my goodness, Hope. Today we're talking about a film that a lot of people have been very excited and interested to see, at least myself. Yeah. It is Luca Guadagnino's Bones and All, which I feel like kind of started getting some talk because famously Luca's last film with Timothy was Call Me By Your Name which also starred Army Hammer, who is allegedly a cannibal, and this movie is cannibals. <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of people are like, hmm, where'd the inspiration come from, Luca? So right. I, myself included, but this is based on a book. So I guess it's not, you know, but I maybe he you know, had this experience and then he was like, let me, let me make a movie about it. Let me find something, some material to work on. So right. I don't know how much that was inspired by it. Actually, um, one of our, one of our mutual friends, Reagan, I, I think you know Reagan. She, I know. Yeah, yeah. She saw this at the New York Film Festival and I had class with her the other night and I was like, okay, so I saw Bones and All. We need to talk about it. We need to discuss. Um, and it was funny because we didn't really discuss it all. We both kind of stood there being like, yeah, but like, what was the, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'm hoping that we can get a little bit further into today's discussion than just um, circulating the same confusion. But she said that when she saw it at the New York Film Festival, which I had really wanted to, and I didn't get the chance to, um, there was a Q&A with Luca and they didn't oh. ask like any questions about the film. She was like, it was very weird. The whole time we were talking, she was trying to pinpoint like, wait, what was, what about that experience was like so weird. Like, I don't remember because I mean, it was a couple months back now. And she said it was just a very weird Q&A. And so I'm interested. I feel like I've seen a lot of press with uh, the stars, Timothy and Taylor, um, and not so much with Luca, but I feel like that's also pretty common. I mean, Luca, I love him and I love his work, but he's not like a household name. It's not like, right. Martin Scorsese going around doing press it's exactly people aren't really going to talk to the director as much or you're not going to see him on you know late night television talking about it that sort of situation so I don't know I thought that was interesting how maybe at the Q&A I don't know if they've kind of been like let's be really careful with the press about this we don't want people asking Timothy and Luca about cannibalism and maybe their ties to it I don't know so that was kind of an interesting little inside scoop that I wanted to share because this is a wild film and it doesn't surprise me that the press is also a little a little weird too yeah because I I don't know I feel like it's also a very touchy subject I mean not Mm -hmm. necessarily touchy I don't think there's anybody who has like I have personal trauma from cannibalism but yeah I'd hope not it's not something that's easy to discuss right or that anybody has any framework of talking about and I don't know I feel like what is interesting about this whole thing to me is that it's based off of a novel by the same name Mm -hmm. but it was like a YA novel oh really yeah it was it was for like for like teenagers Hmm. which you know I I guess makes sense but really baffled me because I went I went to see this with my friend Emily and she knew that it was 
based off a book. She hadn't read it, but she was like, I'm pretty sure it's based off a book. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah, I think it's like a kid's book. <laughs> I was like, okay. So then I was kind of going into it with the framework of like, is this going to be like Twilight? Yeah. Or, you know, something weird and cringy like that. And for me, I think, I don't know, it fell in like a really weird territory of trying to be like this beautiful artsy film, but then also kind of has the same vibe as a Twilight or, you know, like beautiful creatures or any of those other really popular YA fantasy novels. Mm -hmm. And it just really didn't do it for me. I get that. I think it's um it's interesting because like if you went into it expecting something else, then I don't want to be like that sways your viewership. I don't know. <laughs> but I well, think I, I, yeah. for me, I I didn't think of it in that way. I didn't I knew it was based on a book, but I didn't know what kind of book until right now. I didn't read the book, so I kind of relate it to like white noise that I saw at the film festival a book that Noah I'm back in <laughs> Gerwig you know my best friends um exactly. they read when they were younger so I don't know if like in my head I was thinking this is like an older book and maybe a little bit more sophisticated than it actually is um but I think seeing it now I'm like thinking like okay yeah if I was watching that but kind of thinking of it in the way of this young adult novel, I think it would definitely change the way that I thought about it. And which is interesting. No, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it even necessarily changed the way I thought about it, Mm -hmm. but it, I was almost a little more disappointed because I feel like the rules of cannibalism weren't very fully flushed out. And for And for it to have come from a book, like, that I found kind of disappointing. And I don't know if it it made the dialogue of the film make a little more sense. Mm -hmm. It was so funny because, like, one of the cringiest moments I thought was kind of towards the end. And they were like, can we just be people? They're like, yeah, let's yeah. be people. And then you have a and, montage. <laughs> and then there's that whole montage of them like living living in Ann Arbor and like the University of Michigan campus. And then I go on Letterboxd after watching it and having thought this was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And everybody's like, can we be people? Yeah, let's be people. Five stars, heart. This is this is really beautiful <laughs> and captures what it means to like fully be loved. And I was like, what? did we both see the same movie? Yeah, my letterbox review was it's a bad day to be a babysitter because both of us are babysitters and both of us <laughs> say that's the first person that they ate. So the minute yeah. they said that, I was like, oh dear God, that's that's terrifying. so funny. It was it was it was a funny like coincidence to both of them like oh and I think that kind of sets one of these rules or you know unwritten rules of being a cannibal is like neither of them well okay not to I'm like not to spoil as if we don't spoil every movie right but um Timothy Chalamet's character ate his father and I think because like both of them that wasn't the first person they ate was like closest person to them their family it's like somebody that they see frequently but is not family so I so hmm, it's hard because I wouldn't say this is my favorite movie ever but I I didn't I didn't hate it I walked away enjoying it I think that it didn't necessarily feel like I I can't really say like it doesn't feel like Lucas films but well no I think I think it was a 
Yeah, it was just it was like an really interesting. Pretty. Yeah, it was an interesting topic. I felt like it was maybe more on the side of like Guillermo del Toro or like Julia Ducournau, who literally has Raw, which is a very, very similar movie. And right, like the first time we see her eat somebody, it's this girl's finger, and that's the first thing this girl okay. eats in Raw. Also, so- oh yeah, and also on that note, that the first I think. What is that, like, five, ten minutes of the movie to when she, like, bites that girl's finger off and then it flashes to yeah. the title card? That set my expectations really high. I thought the pacing for that whole section was awesome. It was, like, scary when she bit her finger off. And then the rest of the movie, I felt like nothing really happened. You know, she's got this, like, I... she's got, like, a weird stalker old man played by Mark Rylance and he's brilliant yeah yeah oh my gosh he was so scary and so weird but at the same time like I'm also I his character didn't make sense like why are you following this girl I don't know maybe they didn't Mm -hmm. talk enough or maybe they just I I don't know I I was very confused he was very creepy um so creepy I had my hair and well it's still in a braid but um I braided my hair and I'm like uh because he if you've seen the film he has this braid of all the people he's eaten their hair um and I was like I can't braid my hair anymore he's gonna get it which is ridiculous um but you know that's when when you leave a movie and it's funny I was talking I, I saw this with my friend Maddie and we were saying how like we went to go see uh the new Batman this past year um mm-hmm. and then after we exit the theater and it was like rainy dark New York and I was like oh my god I'm in Gotham and when I left (laughs) this movie you know those like okay maybe I was literally going crazy because I'm like it didn't really make sense for this kid to have this but they like go over your fingers they're like little rubber things that like look like little witch nails or like witch hands yeah okay for some reason I could have sworn this little kid had one on his finger and was like chewing on it because you know they're like rubbery um, and that oh. like freaked me out because I was like, why is he eating his finger? Um, and maybe <laughs> I'm literally just seeing things because I'm like, why would that kid have that? Like, it's not Halloween anymore. Why would he have a little rubber finger on his hand? Um, That's really funny. But I could have sworn and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the movie. So yeah, my braid also brought me to that. But I guess the point that I really enjoyed this was that it felt like it was navigating this self-criticism or I guess like finding yourself and understanding yourself in a really non-realistic way I would hope but also in a really like human way I liked that they didn't they weren't like unaware of the fact that this was wrong they knew that this was not okay to be doing but it was a part of themselves that they couldn't stray away from and it was really in themselves and I think like finding that sense of community, I, mean, I guess like were the themes of the movie, maybe not so much like what it actually was, Okay. Um, which I guess maybe, uh, yeah, I agree. Like the pacing was quite weird at times where- the editing was also freaky. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of like, I don't know, like I didn't think that this was the best of Timothy Chalamet and Taylor no, Russell. No, it wasn't. I don't know if like, I get like her character is very guarded and like she like has almost caused trauma. I don't want to, this sounds wrong, but like caused trauma to herself. Like she's traumatized for her own actions. Mm-hmm. And I, I did like that of like, they almost become something other and then they're afraid of who they are. 
and who they become which I liked um but she she felt very like no inflection like very well I I killed somebody like I don't know it just like felt really one tone for a lot Mm -hmm. of it to me um and I I saw waves which I want to say is like her breakout role I need to rewatch that again to like really have a idea of her but it's kind of interesting just because she is killing it on the red carpet and I feel like she's becoming the next it girl but, but if you like, can't act yeah I'm like you're kind of I don't know she's kind of becoming an it girl before we even see what she's done so it's interesting um maybe she's just gonna be one you know that tends to happen where you're an it girl but you can't actually act anyway right um no 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 but, it's true and and yeah. I don't I really don't think either of them were on their a game because the one thing that sticks mm-hmm. in my mind is after they leave the the mental hospital after they go see Chloe Savigny. Hey, girl. <laughs> Which, um, okay, I did not know it was... Okay, this is me being so dumb. But I literally was watching and I was like, oh my gosh, like, they found an actress who... Didn't um, have arms? Yeah, and, and <laughs> I was thinking about, like, American Horror Story and how, you know, they cast so many people who otherwise, like, they're, you know, they would be fantastic actors, but they're very specific roles um and I was like wow this is amazing and then I saw her name in the credits and I was like yeah I remember seeing her at Canon I remember seeing her in the New York Film Festival I'm like who was she in this and then I turned to my friend and my friend was like she's the mom and I was like oh my god so maybe I need to restate it again just for that because I <laughs> genuinely did not realize that was her and I, I know her and I know her work so that was shocking yeah she she really did that but at, anyway the scene after they leave her when when Timothy and Taylor get into that massive fight in in the yes. grass area. I think that was one of the worst scenes acting wise I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. I was like, "Are you joking right now?" It it I don't know. It felt so fake. It felt like neither of them had any motivation or inspiration or really cared what they were doing and it was Uh really upsetting because I think going back to your point of this kind of you know coming of age story and and the moments of finding yourself I think the strongest plot line of that was her trying to find her mom and successfully finding her mom I thought that was the most compelling plot line and it ended like halfway through the movie and it ends on the note of them having this weird fight scene with each other. That's like, what the heck, man? I don't know. Why do you hate me? I don't know. I have to run away. That, that, I don't know. I, I felt like, I just felt I was very disappointed. And it was really long. It was. It was long. I was like, okay, was every time they get to a new state, we're seeing like the NY, M-E, M-D. Uh-huh. You know, I think for me, I was like, oh another one oh another one and yeah um I did feel like we got to a point where I was like yep I I I get what we're doing and I feel like there was like a middle section that could have been cut out I'm you know a little timid to say that that like it was under two hours and 30 minutes which was nice because a lot of the stuff that we've seen recently is longer than that um yeah so I was like okay I think 
terms of the pacing and the the subject matter if you're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of exactly like how this is and maybe they didn't want to because they wanted to leave a little bit more questions and stuff um mm-hmm. you know like it yeah. didn't it didn't need that no i yeah i agree i i think it didn't need that long of like this like running away and then it's hard that the stuff with the sister didn't interest me, but then that is kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of a turning point of, oh my God, he killed your sister. Um, but I also think at that point, like it wasn't necessary because he couldn't do anything about it because he himself was dying and it's not like they could get revenge yeah. on him because he also was dying. So I don't know. It was funny. I was talking to my friend Maddie about it because we were saying like the sister we did not recognize and how Luca has these like the girls and call me by your name we've never seen again um this girl maybe right. we'll never see her again um but which is which is sad because I think that if I booked a Luca Guarnino film I'd be like I've made it and this is right. the start of my career and it maybe also is the end I don't know also this is me being like so nitpicky but just I I, I like to think about things in terms of if I were making the film and there's this scene where Taylor's character is talking to the sister and she's saying like I don't know they're they're just they're talking about the brother and the the dad and the relationship there and the sister's holding an ice cream and yes. continuity wise it was pissing me off because the ice cream was like melting but she wasn't it was melting it. all at different places and it, yeah yeah exactly because it's like okay yeah like maybe she's like so engaged in the conversation that she's like not looking ice cream but seen multiple times different ice creams redoing it whatever and yeah it was melting all over the place and that's like me being so nitpicky because I I do not have the answers I do not know how you would prevent that um but it was just something that I was like oh and I also like I also coming from theater I love seeing those sort of things seeing the things that kind of feel like you're doing the impossible one of my favorite plays the ferryman um I saw on Broadway and that show has a lot of children there's a fire on set there's animals there's a bunch of stuff and they're like I love when people eat on stage like I just love the things that it's like how are they replicating that night after night like wow somebody's making all those meals which okay yeah obviously but like somebody's you know doing the fire and like just these things that are not easy to replicate over and over again and yet they do and I I enjoy kind of seeking those things out especially in films and the ice cream was one of those things that the minute it came on I was like ah it keeps melting everywhere and um, I mean I also thought the same with the final scene when they kill Mark Rylance's character and there's blood everywhere and they're dragging it across there's blood on them and I was like how did they do that take after take like they okay let's clean up the set like I don't know they must have done it like little by little so that way okay, the cleanup is like, okay, quick cleanup and then do it again. And I I mean, I enjoy looking for that stuff. It boggles my mind because I have no idea how you go about that. But I just remind myself, okay, I'm going to be an actor and I'm not going to think about it. Right. I will uh, show up to set and appreciate it and do my best so we don't have to do a million takes. But that kind of stuff, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that setup is, right. is intense. I completely, completely agree. But I don't, maybe maybe this film just wasn't for me maybe I'm a little Mm -hmm. too jaded to have seen the beautiful love in this like everybody on Letterboxd is saying I thought yeah 
I felt very, um, I felt very othered when I went to go look at all the reviews for this and everybody was like, four to five stars, stunning. Like, yes, it was pretty. It was beautiful. But I don't think the BS that was the content of the film was good enough to, or I don't know, I don't think pretty negates the silly content of this movie and you know what maybe cannibal movies just aren't for me even though i do enjoy raw so i don't know somebody make another one and then that'll be the tiebreaker (laughs) no exactly like okay do we do we like this topic do we not um i mean it's interesting in each of these it's kind of like it, it makes sense in a way it's like not really their choice like it's something that just is right innate in them and I, I wonder if, you know, Army Hammer will use that to his defense and be like, it's just something I can't help. Watch, watch Bones and all. That's me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> also, I did not realize Michael Stuhlbarg was in this, which is he the guy at the fire? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, this guy feels very familiar, but in a, you know, in the same way, Mark Rylance and Chloe, um, I, I, I mean, I guess it's like, wow, they're so transformative. Um, but I did not realize it was any of these people um once mark rylance yeah. came on the screen i was like oh that's right i forgot he was going to be in this i'm you know i was very excited to see him and he um i think his character was so creepy and it worked so well because he had such clear choices in his acting and yes. so many things that he was doing that like i feel like probably were not written for him to do but he did anyway like he throws salt over his shoulder so like you feel like okay this guy kind of like is an older guy and kind of plays by the superstitions but he's a weirdo and mm-hmm. it was just a lot of stuff that was very interesting to watch and i felt like he was like probably the best part of the film um which is sad because he was not one of the leads but Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know hope I feel like we're we're on different ends of the spectrum here would you say that this is cinema chicks approved for me it's a no um but I do understand the merits of the film so I Mm -hmm. suppose it could be cinema chicks approved I just wouldn't, re- I literally would not recommend it to anybody. <laughs> so so I, I don't think for you it is. It's, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> That's okay. For me, I have to say like, yes, it is. Um, but to a specific audience, I'm not going to tell my parents to watch this. They're going to think it's mm-hmm. like wacky. Um, I think I would, rec- I'm like, I think I'd recommend it to somebody who's like going through stuff. But like, I'd like, I don't know I think it's an interesting exploration on like understanding yourself and like grappling with this part of yourself that you don't like but are trying to accept and like finding a community within that um so I would say it's cinematics approved because I like the themes of it but yeah this one this one we can leave up on the table we can leave it for debate uh yeah for it, a later in the time, audience's but- hands Yes, yes. This is now, you know, being released everywhere. And I hope that people go and see it and let us know what they think. And I'm looking forward to continuing reading Letterboxd reviews. And I don't think that this is going to um, get somewhere at the Oscars. I feel like I thought it would. But after seeing it, I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is this is that. Yes, I I completely agree. And if anybody except Mark Rylance gets a nomination for this I think I'll have to 
quit acting. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. The Insane Score by Trent Reznor. Smelling out people just like you. And a chain of hair. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.